Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Corner Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, card-carrying member of the Taysom Hill is not a franchise quarterback club, and already ordered a Cam Newton Patriots jersey, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by, ooh, the guys. We have resident old man, the duck father, and recovering Texas fan, Clark Barnes, the working girl, Scotty Miller fanboy, and a level 42 and a half comic book nerd, Jordan Smith, and the ginger nicely uh trimmed man political wild card uh and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys nick butterford guys how we doing today doing great pete great good pete how you doing i am doing well it was an eventful monday but uh but good nonetheless and uh it seems as though Steps are being taken to there possibly being a uh, smooth NFL season, though that's highly doubtful. But uh, but it seems like the NFL and the NFLPA has made some some minor steps into agreeing as to what exactly they're going to do amidst the COVID to uh, to have a functioning season. So I guess that's a positive win, mildly, for those of us wanting football to uh, occur. And since we do spend once a week talking about fantasy football, which is kind of uh, pointless if there is no actual football. We prefer football dependent. Oh, there it is. Yes, a football dependent. I feel like if if there isn't an actual NFL season this year, uh, maybe we should just run. And I know a lot of other sites have done this, but maybe we should just run a Madden sim so that we can then talk about those games and everyone can uh, adjust their fantasy teams accordingly. Yep. There will be a season this year. Do you think there <laughs> will be like a- it or not? Well, like it or not, will there be a full 16 game season? That's the question. I, I only said there would be a season. And yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it's going to be all 16. Yep. Yeah. But. There's going to be something. Did you guys see the, uh, was it the results from the basketball bubble? No COVID. Nobody tested positive. Yeah. And we talked about this like a month ago or something. We're just kind of like tossing ideas out there and could they come up with some sort of like football town? And I, I kind of think that's – I don't know how else you do it. Um, I don't know either. That, I think it's going to have to be like a football city. <laughs> if yeah, you're having if yeah. you're having 32 times 60, quick math for I'm those sh- who want to do it. There's probably some area that hosts like football camp or like lacrosse camp or something where there's like six, you know, high school fields. And I could see them just being like, all right, what do we have to do to make this happen? And, you know, just, I don't know, get creative with it. Yeah, the bubble is working, at least on the NBA scale, it seems. So maybe you can scale that up. I have no idea. I will say, I'll, I said this on our on our basket, fantasy basketball podcast, The Long Two, which if you're subscribed to the RB1 podcast, you're also subscribed to that. So you should listen. But uh, 
they didn't, they're not doing it for that. But I think the NFL, the NFL wants to uh, make a little extra money. If they do do football town or football city, let's uh, let's film that and let's broadcast that. Let's make a reality show out of all 32 teams having to live in close proximity with each other. I'm here for that. HBO, you got your uh, new season all mapped out. Just hard knocks the entire way. Get out of your hard knocks and let's instead do full season knocks. Uh, All right. We're going to play a Would You Rather Dynasty edition. But first, there was a couple of news nuggets that dropped last week that I wanted to touch on uh, before we get to that. The first news nugget being that Derrick Henry uh, signed a four-year deal worth $50 million with the Titans right before the tag deadline or whatever it's called last week. Um, and now I say four years. Really, it's a two-year deal worth $25 million. Nick, you not only love when running backs get paid, but also when teams build their offense around the ground game. So I'm sure you are a big fan of the Titans doubling down on their workhorse back. I, okay. So I think we should compliment me for calling Derrick Henry's uh, explosion last year. Um, So you touched on the point that I was going to make that in effect, it is a two year deal. They can cut him uh, after 2021 and the, the dead money it looks like it's it's I guess maybe like nine million, but the, but they save uh, twenty one. So it, yeah, it's a two year deal for a uh, very good running back who works really well on the offense. Arthur Smith, the OC, I want him to replace Pete Carroll. I I don't yet know if he is uh, like a Daryl Bevel who just smashes play action and because he gets that that's what he's supposed to do, or if he is more like a Patricia where he thinks that the run game is what makes his, his play action work. I don't know which one it is. I'd like to get an understanding, but either way uh, they call a good game and, and we've, uh, I, I will not go into this whole thing again. You can find it though. If everybody wants to go into go search for the, the Titans Ravens PFF video, they did an awesome video last year after the Titans Ravens uh, playoff game where they explain how, this offense, yes, it features the run, but it is it is built off of or built on the Titans passing game. Um, this will end up being a huge debate, so we shouldn't go too much into it. But I, I like for the context, I like the signing, uh, but I'm glad that it's only a two year deal for the sake of the team. Clark, you're a you're a big Derrick Henry fan, right? Yeah, huge Derrick Henry fan. Always believed in him. Uh, always <laughs> thought that he was going to ascend to these heights. Uh, <clears throat> So I think him getting a good contract being a key part of the offense is important. And we're going to talk about this probably more with Dak Prescott. But one of the things to keep in mind when a player is uh, franchise tagged, any new money should be understood in that context. I think one of the things that we saw with Dak Prescott's contract is he was offered, you know, $80 million guaranteed, which is nothing because I think playing under the franchise tag, he was going to make something like 32 million. So really that 80 million seems like a lot of money to us plebeians. Uh, But in, in the grand scale of things for the NFL, that's nothing. What the Titans did with Derrick Henry was like, Hey, we're going to give you one more big guaranteed year before we have to make a decision again. How does that sound? That sounds like a pretty good deal for everybody involved. Yeah. If you look at it, it's really just like 
two franchise tags with a little bit of extra money added on. So it's like franchising tagging this year and next year. And with the, like, I think an extra, like 2 million added on for, in terms of what that 25 million for the next two years is. And I, I agree. Like, I think that's a great deal. I think it's a great deal for both sides. Derek Henry gets, you know, guaranteed money for the next two years and the Titans get to keep him, but then get an out at a point where a running back of his, you know, at a certain age with a certain amount of, you know, at work, uh, tends to you tend to see a drop off, and so that now for the team you have an option to carry it into the next four years, if De- or you know the two years following, if Derrick Henry doesn't show any you know wear or tear, um, which I mean he could just be like an Adrian Peterson esque freak who is able to just keep running until his mid to late thirties, um, but. But it's, I think it's, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a template. Maybe we start seeing more for running backs where it's like basically a couple of franchise tags in guaranteed money and then an option for it to continue on if the team uh, wants it to. Yeah, I like that they uh, actually did this after taking care of their quarterback. I think that's just a, a sound way to run an organization down there in Tennessee. Um, for the Tannehill contract, they have a potential out in 2023. And Derrick Henry is the year before that. So I, I think they did a, a smart job of kind of staggering these sorts of things because they also have a lot of young talent that will come up in the next couple of years, like like an A.J. Brown or a Harold Landry that they'll probably have to give good money to. So um, I think it's pretty smart. And Clark, you mentioned it, but the other big news that came out of the tag deadline or whatever it is, is that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott didn't reach an agreement, which means that Dak is about to hold Jerry Jones hostage come contract negotiations in 2021. We've talked about this a fair amount on the show before, just the Cowboys really kind of shit in the bed on this one in terms of basically losing all leverage they had. And now everything is in Dak's court, right? Even if Dak has a fine season, uh, they're still going to have to pay him. Like you're not going to let a quarterback who has produced the numbers that Dak has in his first four years, even if he had one bad year, like walk out. Um, and Dak is going to look at the quarterback market, see what quarterbacks are getting paid. The most recent one, obviously being Patrick Mahomes and saying, Hey, that 35 million a year seems like good money. Uh, and not as much as what that, uh, you know, Mahomes is getting or scheduled to get. Why, why are we not doing this when I put up, you know, great numbers or even average numbers, uh, for in the 2020 season, Jordan, if you were like, I won't say gun to your head, but uh, you had to give your correct prediction. Uh, do you think Dak is going, are the Cowboys and Dak going to reach an agreement and will Dak be the Cowboys quarterback for the perceivable future? I think they will. Um, just because when you, when you have a quarterback of Dak's caliber, and I, I say that with him being at least a top 10 quarterback, your mileage may vary on that. I just don't really see those types of quarterbacks switching teams that often. Um, we saw it a couple of years ago with Kirk Cousins, um, who you might've thought was a top 10 quarterback as well, but I, I just don't really see that sort of um, flip unless they're really advanced in age. I think teams just tend to get this shit done one way or another. Yeah. It was just such a weird, I, I'm just, I'm going through all of their, their, their cap info and it's just such a bizarre decision. When you look over the, the quarterback contracts, 
I, I mean, what, it, what you see is like it, on the average per year scale, Wilson, Roethlisberger, Rogers, uh, Goff, Cousins, Wentz, they're all within $3 million of each other in the 32 to 35 range. Like you can look at this and you can see teams just went, okay, we'll just give them a million more, a million more, a million more. And, and the, the Mahomes contract was coming up. Like they knew that if they didn't do something with, with, uh, with Prescott now, they're going to have to contend with that. And so now the, the jump between the highest paid and the next is, is $10 million. It's just terrible decision-making. I, yeah, bizarre. I, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do Their Their next year, they only have 36 million in cap space. So what are they just going to have a million left over after they sign him? I, I assuming he takes 35. I, I don't know. He, maybe he will leave. Huge signing bonus. They'll probably tag him again next year, but then we get into the Kirk Cousins territory where a tag is, or it's not, not that they will do that. Sorry. Tagging him again isn't really prohibitive for that level of talent and for what the cost is. But then when you move into the third tag, like Cousins, that's when you kind of, boy, you are really up against it. Uh, when you probably could have, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but you probably could have done like six pretty much guaranteed years at 37 and a half. That would have been like a $180, $190 million contract that everyone would have been, I've, I mean, again, I don't know that's a lot better than what has been leaked to the press as what the Cowboys were have offered, which is probably a little bit rosier than what they actually offered. Uh, and, and Dak Prescott is not nearly as good as Patrick Mahomes, but he is deserved to be in that you're a young QB who's going to get that six, seven year contract if you want it. And boy, they, <laughs> boy, they blew it. <laughs> yeah. And the thing too is, is that if you're just going to rely on franchise tags, like Nick said, uh, Franchise tag, it's one year. It's fully guaranteed. Like, that's all counting against your cap. Whereas if you're signing him to a long-term deal, even if you're paying him more per year than than what the franchise tag would be, you can massage it however you want and have all of you know the guaranteed money pay out in a year where you do have the cap space or whatever it is. But, like, if you're going to keep tagging D- Dak and you have $35 million in cap space and Dak's going to be a $35 million franchise tag, well, there goes your cap space. It's all gone. Yeah, and I, I believe the signing bonus is prorated throughout the entire contract. So you can give a $100 million signing bonus on a four-year contract, and right. it'll only cost twenty-five on the first year. And that's where the dead money comes from. But there's – I don't want to be flippant and say there's always a way to find money. But, boy, there always seems to be a way to find money. If the Chiefs can pay Patrick Mahomes a record-breaking deal and Chris Jones a market deal all in the same offseason – then the cat you can you can find money when you need to find money. I, I think the unfortunate thing is that it might come at the the expense of Amari Cooper. That's why you draft yeah, the, CD Lamb. Don't don't forget the the Chiefs went through a little bit of cap hell a few years ago with Alex Smith as the quarterback. So they kind of ate their lunch or, or kind of you know paid their dues of not having that much money and have righted their ship enough to give Patrick Mahomes a contract. So good office from that or good work from that front office over like the no, Brett Feach is, is killing it. Um, do you think, and this was an idea and I think I got it from the bill Barnwell podcast and I was listening to them talk about it. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard this idea. Is it possible that Dallas thinks given the weapons that they have in that, given the fact that they have one of the best offensive lines in the leagues, that given the fact that you have Ezekiel Elliott and now you have three elite, possibly elite wide receivers, Amari Cooper, C, uh, CD lamb and Michael Gallup. 
do you think it's possible that the Cowboys kind of feel that their quarter they can get by with a replacement level quarterback, and so they're unwilling to give Dak the big time franchise QB money because they're like, well, maybe we can just draft another guy and plug him into this system and still be serviceable given how many weapons surround him. The resurrection of Andy Dalton. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, personally, if if you go from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton, I think that's like, I think Dak Prescott's is worth two to three wins by himself. Uh, so I'm, I'm not saying that the Cowboys can just put in a replacement level quarterback, but I'm wondering, I wonder if the fact that he was a fourth round quarterback, the fact that he wasn't the, the quarterback who the Cowboys were initially high on, they had Connor cook ahead of him. They had Paxton Lynch ahead of him. I wonder if all of these things still play into it, where the Cowboys are like, well, are we really even sold on him? I have no idea. I mean, maybe, but like Dak is, Dak is Better great. Than average? He's not yes. great. I, I would say he's not. Like, he's like early career Ben Roethlisberger. He's got a big arm and he makes some plays, but he does some really boneheaded things too. So I understand the hesitation, but you're either choosing like, this is our guy and I'm going to give him 37 mil and I hope that he continues to develop. And boy, we've got a, a pretty good young QB locked up for the next seven years. Or you, you are pulling a Washington here where you have someone who's good you don't really want to pay him well too bad because the open market for quarterbacks is insane and if that got to the open market even though he's not nearly as good as Mahomes he may eclipse even like in a couple of years that contract so yeah so we, oh, we I should, love it when the Cowboys are bad this is great <laughs> we should, Clark is uh, reveling in this we should roll on from this in a second here but I, I did just want to bring up um for uh pro football focus uh Dak Prescott was number three in war last year wins above replacement so he i mean the nerds like him a lot uh he was the number one <laughs> you say uh, that for, so dismissively nick when i would argue that you're the nerdiest one on this no, podcast. I, yeah, no I'm, I, I'm trying to <laughs> those I, stupid sure. nerds um yeah anyway uh football outsiders he's, he's number one in uh defensive adjusted yards above replacement they should not let him go no. and i think that they might yeah. I, or, or or it's Amari Cooper, and that sucks. But oh well. But the thing all is, right. yeah, and and the reason why Clark is enjoying all of this is because this is entirely the Cowboys' own doing. They had multiple chances to get this done, and they dragged their lead-weighted feet, their old man Jerry Jones feet, with arthritis and the uh, old man Velcro shoes. Uh, finally, in the news of Monday, Antonio Brown announced that he's retiring for the third time. So I would recommend uh, staying away from him in fantasy, thinking that maybe a team will sign him. <laughs> We're all just doing the shrug emoji here. <laughs> Who knows what's going on there? Uh, all right. Well, there's your news. Uh, and before we do seem Would You Rather Dynasty Edition, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and it is time for Would You Rather? Uh, by this point, I would hope you all know the rules to Would You Rather. The only difference here is that this is Dynasty Edition. So they're all related to Dynasty Leagues. And the first question I want to start you guys off with, I have four real questions here and a five throw-in question in case we need it. First question is a Dynasty Strategy question. And Nick, we'll start with you. When trading away a player, would you rather have the highlight of the return be draft capital? or an actual player? What tends to be your strategy? I, it, it's going to be, okay. Um, it'd be really difficult for me to pass on an established winner. Uh, it's possible in a situation like I have the overall pick and we already know what the incoming rookie class is and all that kind of stuff. Like if there's a situation where, oh, I can take Christian McCaffrey in his rookie year, yeah, I'd be really into that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I much prefer the, uh, the guy who has already hit to the risk. Jordan, what about you? Um, I think I hate to cop on this answer here, but I think it all depends on situation. Like if I'm a team where I was in like the playoffs the previous year, then I'm like, yeah, I want to continue to get established guys. But if I'm, if I know my team is just nowhere close, I'm like, yeah, give me the draft picks. Um, this year, however, I will say I'm maybe a little bit more hesitant on draft picks for 2021, just because the college football season is just, we might not be able to know who's going to be, you know, legitimate, who's not, I mean, are we missing out on a Joe Burrow rising up the boards this year? Who knows? Clark, what are your thoughts? Just got into dynasty this year. It's something I've been following for a long time, uh, but in general, it is incredibly difficult to guess what is going to happen in the upcoming football year. And that's with all of the information we have about real NFL players. And it's fun to talk about. We spend a lot of our times trying to guess to see what's going to happen next year. Uh, and so what you're doing, I think, when you trade a proven stud player for a draft pick is saying that I am so smart that I am going to be able to project what's going to happen. <laughs> for you. And that seems like a losing strategy. Most of the time. Now, if, if you are just terrible and someone wants to give you a first round pick for someone like Jarvis Landry at the end of the year, okay. But give I would much rather have a good player on my rebuild than try to just cash in and say, I'm going to be able to pick all of the right rookies this year and next year and then dominate. Yeah. And so I, I initially wanted to ask this question because like you, Clark, I have just recently dabbled my toes into the dynasty pool. And it's interesting to compare it to my strategy in like when I play Madden franchise, because Madden franchise, I'm all like, it's all about collecting picks and it's you're trusting yourself to draft and then you're in full control of these rookies and all that kind of stuff. But you're, you're right in the sense that like, it's not just, it's not that you're trusting said rookie is going to be good it's that you think that said rookie is going to have, and we'll get into this in the second question, but like going to have a, a, 
career, a five-year period, let's say, where they're going to be very productive for you. And there's so many question marks that can go into that. I've also just found myself being like, I mean, if you want to throw in draft capital into a trade, sure, but it's never, it's never my number one goal. I'm always like, give me I, what I'll do instead is just be like, I'll trade a, you know, a young or an older player for a younger player. And then just kind of like age that way. And maybe there's a slight, you know, you take a slight discount there because you're trading for a younger asset. But yeah, I, I definitely have not found myself being too draft capital motivated in dynasty leagues because of that same fact where it's like, I'd rather have the guy who I at least have seen on in a, on an actual NFL field. So talking about guys on actual NFL fields, uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Which second year wide receiver would you rather have? Assuming that you have to roster them for the next five years. So you can't trade them and you can't drop them. Would you rather DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, or Terry McLaurin? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, God, this is a tough one for the next five years. Yeah, this is this is pretty tough. Talent-wise, I, I, I might actually have to go with DK Metcalf um, just because I still think he has a little bit of upside. And when we're, when we're thinking long-term, I think A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin will help you over the next two or three years, three years more. But if we're extending that an additional two to three years, I feel like, you know, Russell Wilson is going to be there and we don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to be around or uh, we don't know what's next after Ryan Tannehill. So I, I think maybe DK Metcalf, but again, it, it depends on what kind of strategy I'm going for my team. Also, like if I'm trying to win this year, definitely Terry or AJ. Clark, your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's Metcalf. No question because of the quarterback stability and because DK Metcalf is an absolute giant of a man. Uh, one of the concerns about him coming out of uh, the or coming into the draft process is that all he can do is be a giant and run down the field really fast. <laughs> well, that's pretty fucking good in the NFL <laughs> if that's all that you can do. So uh, I think him playing with Russell Wilson, him already having a good rookie year, uh, and him probably being the cheapest to acquire of all of these guys would make me want to run with him. And that's no disrespect to the other guys you mentioned. It is a tough question, and those guys are good, but. With the wide receiver, you're you're also playing the quarterback, and you're playing Ryan Tannehill, who's had eight good games in the NFL, and uh, Dwayne Haskins, who's yet to have a good one. So yeah, I'd want to lean on Russell Wilson's guy. So I think fortunately we're kind of talking about the like, who do you like the most of Julio Jones and AJ Green, like uh, conversations that we would have been having like two or three years ago. Um, this group is extremely talented. Uh, I really like the DK Metcalf answer. The, there are a couple of things that come to mind with him, though. His uh, his meniscus issues in college are just sort of like a box to check. Is is there an injury history? Um, I think that what, what what struck me initially with this this question, Pete, was that you picked three guys who are all in offenses that are not well equipped to make them true fantasy alpha dogs. Um, I do think that all these guys can have really productive seasons uh, like year over year, but these are not players who necessarily are going to be uh, in a high octane offense. We're, we're not just going to get like nine targets a game. They're going to be getting them in optimal passing situations. So I, I think that that is an interesting uh, little framing of this, but ultimately my answer for this is going to be AJ Brown. 
his company, the company that he is in with his yards per route run is like Hall of Fame. And that is an incredibly, you know, predictive statistic into, I guess, parking back to my nerddom here. Uh, we like reliable statistics that go, what do we see uh, as far as guys who just are consistently monsters throughout the league? Yards per route run is proving to be one of the defining things for wide receivers. It's similar to age breakouts for wide receivers. Um, he's up in the like, I, I think it's like 2.7 yards per route run. And it's like over two is excellent kind of a thing. I can, his, the, the company he's keeping is, is outstanding. Um, so I'm going to go with him, but I, I, I don't think that there is necessarily a wrong answer here. I think all of these dudes have really high hopes. It's a shame that none of them were dropped into a phenomenal offense or, or at least in a, like, just we pass on first down kind of an offense. Yeah. So, so I think you guys all kind of touched on my, why I picked this trio, it's all young wide receivers who had great rookie years who there's a lot of excitement going forward. And I, and I wanted, since this is all dynasty oriented, I feel like DK Metcalf of that group might be the guy. If I was doing redraft, he'd probably be three for me, but in dynasty, given the fact that you're right, that there's so much more confidence with Russell Wilson throwing him the football. And you just know that that, that will never change. Like, there's no way Russell Wilson's leaving the Seahawks and there's no way DK Metcalf's leaving the Seahawks on a rookie deal, most likely. So for the next five years, I am certain that I'm going to have Russell Wilson throwing the ball to DK Metcalf. Whereas AJ Brown was incredible last year with Ryan Tannehill. And maybe Ryan Tannehill has put all of those pieces together and is finally like going to be a good, solid quarterback. But th there's still so much question about that. And even if he isn't, like, uh, is, or even if he is maybe for one year, is he going to be that for four more years? And obviously scary Terry has so much up in the air with, in terms of Washington. So I think this is a, a great third. I agree. There's, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but I think one of the fun things about dynasty is that when you start putting timetable in it and multiple years in it, you have to, there's now a lot more consideration that goes into kind of a, a pick or a player rather than just like, I think DK Metcalf is going to have a great season or, or AJ Brown showed me so much last year. Uh, I trust him to, you know, put it together again in his sophomore year. It's like, well, do you trust him to do that four years down the road with a, uh, with a question mark at quarterback? Yeah. If I'm doing a dynasty startup draft right now, and I'm in like the right position, the right round to draft either of these three, I'm like having a panic attack and, doing all sorts of rabbit hole research and taking the absolute full allotted time to make sure I'm picking the right guy. It's, it's very I'm, stressful. I'm dropping back two spots if I can, and just taking the guy, <laughs> yeah, the guy that falls to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the strategy. Make someone else make the choice for you. All right. Uh, third, would you rather, and Clark, we'll start with you. And this time, Jordan, you can't, I have given you specifics as to your team. So you can't, uh, can't elude the answer. You have a roster that's good enough to make a real playoff push, but you're a little thin at running back. You've got two trade offers on the table and you need to pick the right one because if you do, you could be in title contention. Clark, would you rather put your championship hopes in the hands of David Montgomery or Devin Singletary? Uh, Boy. <laughs> no, is no an option? <laughs> like, I don't think I would give up anything to get either one of those players. I would rather just take a chance on 
Alexander Madison being a thing again, or Ooh, okay. uh, I mean, I I'll go with Montgomery. Uh, the I if you if you would if you feel like Alexander Mad if like that is your trade if you would trade Alexander Mad- Madison for either of those two guys, then I feel like you're that's your answer. It's breaking the I mean, game, I'll, but that's fair. I'll go with I'll go with Montgomery. Uh, we we've had some movement in the. Bears backfield and we know the Bears if they could just stop shooting themselves in the foot by giving Trubisky too much to do uh, they are a good little team so I think I would go with Montgomery to try to stay within the rules of the game here Nick what do you think well you know what I'm doing I'm, I'm looking over strength and schedule stuff right now the the Bears overall have a much easier slate but we're talking Boom. uh week 16 correct Mark nailed it <laughs> yeah we're yeah so uh, week 16 for the Bills is the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not putting the 203-pound uh, perhaps change of pace bag out there when I, <laughs> I think it's a pretty decent shot that Zach Moss takes over lead back duties this year. Uh, meanwhile, the Chicago Bears get to face the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> in week 16. So go ahead and give me David Montgomery in this scenario. <laughs> incredible jordan are you on the same bandwidth uh yeah i'm in the same boat with david montgomery um a little bit more worried about his offensive line compared to the bills but i i agree with nick i think that zach moss is in a position to take a lot of devin singles singletary's carries away if not get the majority of them um and also shout out to Andrew Erickson for PFF. He actually wrote a pretty interesting article about the effect that running QBs have on um, on the backfields, running backfields for uh, fantasy wise, and it, it's shown that running backs with a running QB he found have like a slightly lesser value. They take a few more dings to their fantasy value for points that they can put up when they have a a running quarterback. And Josh Allen is still very much a, a threat to just take off and have designed runs for him. So whereas Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, uh, not so much. Yeah. So these, these two guys, I feel like are, are running backs who had a lot of, maybe not a lot of hype, maybe a lot of hype is the wrong word, but certainly had hype coming in uh, in their rookie year. And people were excited about the landing spot. I know we on this show talked a lot about David Montgomery for the Bears and how excited we were about that. Uh, and it didn't really pan out. You hit, you hit some, you miss some. But so I wanted to kind of reassess and see where we were feeling uh, on these two guys because I think they're potentially backs. They are backs who you might be able to get at a pretty discounted rate, given that there seems to be lukewarm feelings towards them. Uh, So I was curious. I don't really have, like, when I was picking them, I was like, I don't really know who I would pick. I think I'd probably go David Montgomery over Devin Singletary, since we we have touched on him before, and how Zach Moss could take a lot of his touches and kind of really diminish the role and or the height that Devin Singletary might have uh, in Buffalo or his ceiling. So, but, uh, but I was kind of wanting to see what people's, what people's vibes were, uh, in regards to these two guys. Clark, would it be easier if I had given you the option of Matt Breida? That would have been harder on my heart. Uh, the, <laughs> the bears are just, th- this is what happens when you, when you have a good team and a really, really crummy quarterback, it's hard to move off of being, being hurt by that and, and being afraid <laughs> of that. 
like again, the Bears are a, a pretty good football team. It's just Trubisky is so bad. Uh, that I'd even forgotten that they signed Foles, which, boy, that looks bad now. But they upgraded, <laughs> right? Like, let's not get into the terms, but it's still – I would rather have Nick Foles than Mitch Trubisky. At least Nick Foles is like a, you know, 20, 25th best quarterback in the league instead of, like, definitely one of the worst. It's just I hate picking players who look good even on bad teams. I just really try to shy away from it. And You gave me no choice. That's what I'm here for. All right, my final would you rather. Uh, this one, I, I have constructed it such. I think I'll say it, and then I'll try to say what the point is that I'm trying to make. But uh, I tried to construct it as a would you rather since that's the actual game. I know it's confusing, but uh, Jordan will go with you. Would you rather trade away Patrick Mahomes for a surefire championship or keep him and see what happens? I think I'd rather just keep him and see what happens because I think if I have Patrick Mahomes, I still might have a pretty good shot at winning a championship this year, the next year, as long as he's on my team, I feel like I have a a pretty good shot as long as I'm doing everything else. Right. So I I think I'll take the chance. Nick, what about you? Well, I get, I I think I'm a bit confused. What, what is it that I'm getting in return for giving up Mahomes? A surefire championship. You're winning. You're winning your league this year, and other um, pieces. But like, I mean, obviously, it's not like you, you're not making a deal with the devil, and they're just like, "Here's the championship." You're, well, I you're guess getting players it. back, and you will win. Yeah, I think. Um, I the, honestly, the answer is that it's going to come down to what the players are or who the, who the players are. Um, without knowing, then I'm just going to be keeping Mahomes, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Without knowing it'd be Mahomes, I, I I'd need to know the, the, what what the offer is. I'll uh I'll take the championship. It is incredibly difficult to win a championship, and having the best team, I'm sure everyone here knows, doesn't mean shit when it's week 16 and your quarterback threw a touchdown and they're already in the playoffs, so he came out, or your stud running back, you know, got hit in the shin real hard, and they're you know pretty much the fifth seed already it's really hard to win a fantasy championship getting into the playoffs is kind of once you do that I think that is uh, a testament to your skill you should relatively easily be getting into the or well not easily you should be getting into the playoffs consistently if you feel like you're good at fantasy football but championships are just a roll of the dice I'm assuming that I'm going to get something for Patrick Mahomes and I would like to trade away the best player at the easiest most abundant position to replace at quarterback i'll take the championship and we'll figure out the rest next year yeah and so the the way the the phrasing of this that i wanted to do which didn't fit in the would you rather so i didn't do it is basically like a gauge of like who is the best player you'd be willing to trade for a championship you know and so i i was also thinking about like christian mccaffrey or like Devonte adams where it's like the guys who are at the pinnacle of their position right now but who have, you know, have been in the league for a couple for a bit of time and there could be a they could start, you know, losing steam or or you know falling down the charts. Like who is the best player that you'd be willing to trade for a championship? And Clark clearly uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best player. Clark would be willing to trade any player. Any player any that player. I had. Literally anyone. For the for the auspices of the conversation, by making this move, you are going to win the championship. Yes. So there's no player on my team that I would hold on to and be like, no, we'll just take my eight and a half percent or eight and a quarter percent chance at winning. And nope, I'll take the championship. Cool beans. Well, uh, 
one quick flyer, one for the road, as they say. Uh, Nick, rapid fire. Would you rather AJ Green or Michael Gallup? AJ Green. Jordan. Michael Gallup. Clark. AJ Green. Boom. I love my Baby. old guys. Gotta love them. As as the uh, the resident old man, Clark. It fit, it's in keeping with you to uh, to take the older gentleman. Well, that's what we have for you this week. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we are there. The Fake Teams podcast channels where you can find us. If you have some fantasy thoughts, dynasty questions, dynasty trades, whatever you want uh, our, our advice on, our thoughts on, leave a comment, leave a review on iTunes, leave a comment, and we will uh, answer it on the podcast. Or tweet them at us, at RB1 Podcast. You can also follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace!